0: Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. It is Wednesday. We are one day closer to football season, which is among the most glorious things in our lives. Today, a little bit later today, and I guess for some of you when you're listening to this, it depends on your timing, Joe Moorhead will meet with the SEC media uh, for a bit of a dog and pony show. And uh, I had a chance to speak with Joe yesterday. Uh, Most of the media is in Hoover. Dave Murray will cover for us today. I went to the extravaganza last night, had never been. I'm going to talk a lot about that today. Talk about the importance of those events. I've I've already written a column today about that. Get some quotes from Chris Lamonis and and Joe Moorhead. But I want to share with you some things we learned last night. But also, too, it's important, you know, when, when Mississippi State comes to town... You need to be there. Uh, okay, and and, and, and I, I say this with as much love, respect, and admiration as I possibly can. But when Mississippi State comes to your town, when they load up the jet, Michael Richardson and his group, Janet Downey, love them, known them for many, many years. When they pack the car and they come to your town, we need to get out and support these events. I, I thought last night we had we had a good crowd, didn't have a great crowd. And some would say, well, you know, I'm not as excited about football season. You know what? And that's cool. But the truest of the true maroon were there. And in order for these events, you know, and it, it's such a statement type deal. You know, and I get it. You know, it wasn't at the Coliseum. You know, and uh, what I understand, it wasn't at the Coliseum last year either. But but here's the deal. And, again, I'm not going to preach, okay? I'm not, I'm not. I know some people are like, well, you know, Steve, we get. We got this going on, and that's true. I understand we all lead busy lives, but it's not a school night, okay? And um, that deal run for run autograph period ran from five thirty to seven. Then we had a short program. We're done by eight o'clock. You can get home. You could even, uh, you know, eat a meal. But uh, but I, but I say that because it is so important, you know, in my mind. And I've been to several of these send-off celebrations and these alumni functions and. Even when I haven't been the speaker, you know, I go to that kind of stuff. It's because I I think it is important for us to all kind of interact with each other. And I sat there yesterday as I'm watching these people, these kids especially, you know, go through this uh, autograph line. And I see them go up and and they're able to reach across the table and shake hands with Colin Hill, get their picture made with Colin Hill. And I think Colin might have gotten more out of this than the kids did. But it's a chance for us to kind of come together and kind of remind each other that we are family. I mean, and, and that's that's truly really the case. I'm going to get into more of that a little bit later. I want to thank our good friends at Campus Bookmart. Saw many of them last night. Campus Bookmart had a booth set up at the Extravaganza. Uh, our good friend Kathy Brown was there. The lovely, talented Susie was there, and uh, made a new friend there. Uh, Kelly Doss was there. Former campus Bookmart employee and so they had a boat there so so anybody that wanted to come and have a little bit of Starkville brought to your backyard that, that was it was there and so if you weren't able to make it last night and there were so many people complimenting miss Kathy about her shirt you know that black baseball shirt with the the, the white script it says State on it and she goes hey we carry that so if you're looking for that shirt or many others because right now it's a great time all every member of your family is going to want to wear the new Mississippi State merchandise this football season. You need to go ahead and take care of that. Mom, Dad, everybody else, let's get those shirts, get that handled. You can go to campusbookmark.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you the phrase it pays. That's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll save you shipping on all orders over $50. And in the order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. I met a lot of Boneyard listeners last night. And uh, so many people come up and say, hey, Steve, love the show, love the pod, love your work. And, I, and I'll tell you, that kind of stuff is like fuel for the journey, man. It, it, it absolutely is. And uh, I don't take any of that for granted. And uh, it's it's one of those things that really gets me excited. You know, we saw some former Mississippi State players there. And uh, you know, I want to get on my soapbox here, but you know my feelings about that. I, one of the things that I hate, a term that I hate, and I know hate is a strong word, but I mean it here. I hate it. When people refer to former players as former Bulldogs, because being a Bulldog is a lifelong designation. Kenny Williamson, former Mississippi State fullback, a guy that'll absolutely change your all for you back in the day. You didn't you didn't want to meet him in a gap? I can promise you, Mr. Linebacker. Kenny and his lovely wife Shay were there last night, and it's so great to see former players and lifelong Bulldogs. Stay plugged in at these events. You know, they want to come and hear, hey, what's going on? You know, what's Joe got to say? What's John Cohen? What's Dr. Keenum got to say? Those things are important. And so when I see those guys, you know, that that fires me up, you know, because their playing days are long over, but they are still plugged in with Mississippi State. They care about what's going on. And I know you guys do as well. And one of the best ways to stay plugged in, though, is is to attend this sort of thing. And uh, I think it's important, and I don't want to belabor the point, but I, my hat is off to those, that, listen, I know was, the, the weather was bad yesterday, I can tell you driving down from Starkville, it was kind of a last minute deal for me, because Dave Murray usually you know, covers that event for us, it's kind of Dave's thing, one of those things, there's, there's just some things each and every year that Dave does for us, and that's one of them, uh, Dave's already making the trip over to Hoover, and so I said, you know, a friend of mine reached out and said, hey, are you going to go to the uh, extravaganza? And I hadn't planned to go. But now that i have gone, I think I want to go every year. It's because of the fact that uh, you know, any time that we get a chance you know, to put on a maroon shirt and be around one another, we need to take advantage of that opportunity to celebrate Mississippi State. And that's what happened last night. And so I want to hit a few highlights today. Uh, John Cohen, great as always. And, and, and I've shared with you guys before, when John was first mentioned as a candidate for the athletic director position at Mississippi State, I just didn't know if this sort of thing was in his wheelhouse. And what I mean by that is, is because we'd all we'd ever seen is the fiery competitor, John. You know what I'm saying? You know, we've seen the player, John, and then we've seen our head coach, John. And John's an intense guy, man. I mean, he is an incredibly intense guy. He has a will to win like no other. And so John showed a different side of him. Himself, You know, he, he proved to be the guy that could handle this sort of stuff. And a great presentation, spoke extensively about the great successes we have had. And, and I'll tell you, one of the things that's become such a hot-button issue with, with John is the, our success with the Javelin. You know, he, he kind of joked last night that we were going to change the name of Mississippi State University to Javelin University because, you know, how good it's been. And I think that really speaks to the level of commitment that John has to win in all areas. It's not just as simple as, hey, we're going to focus on the big three and kind of ignore the, quote, non-revenue-producing sports. You know, we got one of the best javelin throwers in the world. And so and John has had these guys over to his house. You know, that he's had them dinner, had them shirts made. I mean, it's, it's incredible how John and our athletic department has embraced this group. Absolutely incredible. And so John spoke at length about that. And you forget, you know, we, we – Sometimes we get stuck in the forest and you can't enjoy the trees. You know what I'm saying? And so John kind of broke it down again. And even for somebody that covers a team on a daily basis, it was still kind of staggering for myself when he began to run through the list of things that we've accomplished this year at Mississippi State. It went to a ninth straight bowl game, went to the NCAA men's tournament, had Q Weatherspoon drafted. That's the first time in forever that we've had a guy drafted. We're going to have a guy drafted next year. And Reggie Perry. And just so you know, Ben Howland has already come out and said, listen, he has no illusions about Reggie being back after this year. This, and he said it this will be Reggie's final year at Mississippi State. Then we talked about the women. Johnny Harris is there in uh, Vic Schaefer's place. Johnny, you know, and I think Vic, Vic will give you, uh, will share with you that Johnny Johnny is kind of the straw that stirs the drink for him. She She handles a lot of things for Mississippi State women's basketball and uh, is, is highly praised and regarded with the highest of esteem by our fans that really follow the ladies up close. They understand who Johnny is. And Johnny talked about how difficult it was you know, to, for, for, to forget teams to come play us in a hump because it's a difficult place to play. We've got a great team. We've got a great atmosphere. And we're tough. We're tough to go play there. But we win the SEC regular season championship in back-to-back years we had never won it in any year. We won it twice, and then we win the SEC Tournament Championship for the first time ever this year, and it's easy. I guess we take some of this stuff for granted, but you when, when you begin to think about all of the things that have happened, you take a step back, and you're thinking, you know what? Not many people have what we have, and that wasn't always the case for us. We were always, we just wanted to play it close. Now we're competing for and winning championships. Uh, we mentioned Coach Chris Limonis, and we talked about baseball. You know, this time last year, Chris was a new guy. You know, Chris was hired, and kind of everybody was like, "As hey, that's a new coach, but, he, but Chris wasn't our guy then. He was our new hire, but he wasn't our guy. Now that he's taken us to Omaha, Chris is our guy, right? You know, Chris will forever be known. It's a guy that took us to Omaha, you know, and so – and I believe the best is yet to come for that. And then, then you begin to think about the fact that we had 13 programs advanced to the postseason this year. 13 programs, 13. There were times in our lives, and for many of us, it wasn't too long ago, we remember we just wanted to make the postseason in anything. You know, there were times, some very lean years in early 2000s where you know, we weren't going to ball games and, um, you know, we were kind of, we felt like college baseball was beginning to kind of Move away from us a little bit. We we had some good teams, but we weren't we weren't a national brand anymore, right? And uh, men's basketball kind of sustained us, and then we could never get to the Sweet 16. We could never get out of the first weekend of the uh, the NCAA tournament. And so when you think about that, and you think about you know what a far cry all that is compared to what we have now, it really gives you a true appreciation for the job Mississippi State has done. And John Cohen was very very quick to point out that his predecessors had done a great job hiring coaches, a great job hiring coaches. Uh, And so John's part of that culture. John's our guy. You know, John's a Mississippi state guy to the max. But I think the fact that he has an appreciation for his predecessor says a lot about John Cohen as a person and as an administrator You know, one of the things that I have learned about life is the new guy, one of the first things they do is discredit the old guy. You know, that's one of those things that happens. Well, you know, this may be the way you guys have done it before, but we're not going to do it that way again. This is how we're going to do it, you know. And so I think what's happened with John is it's a stair stepping mentality. We have taken the great successes we had under Larry Templeton, then we have added to what. Greg Byrne has done, and we've added to what Scott Strickland has done. And now we've got John Cohen here. And and Dr. Mark Keenum said it himself. This is the golden age of Mississippi State Athletics. And I'm so glad that I was allowed to be a part of this because I I remember, as many of you guys do, when, when we simply just were not competitive. We simply were not competitive. You know, we'd balance the budget. We would. We didn't lose money but we weren't real aggressive out there trying to spend money to make more money. We just kind of, hey, you know what? We just gotta make sure we meet payroll guys, you know? And those days are behind us. And we've become competitive on some money fronts. And again, to have somebody put it up on the video board and just kind of, you begin to run it off and you're thinking, man, it's incredible to think about what a year we had. Then you begin to look at, you know, the successes of Mississippi State student athletes have had. You know, T.R. McCowan, uh, the top center in the country Yeah, first-round draft pick with Indiana Fever. You know, Jonathan Abram, Montez Sweat, Jeffrey Simmons, three of the best players in the country at their position, first-round draft picks. Ethan Small, the national pitcher of the year, the SEC pitcher of the year, a first-round draft pick. I remember that sign we had a few years ago, first rounds on us? Yeah, I mean – it was cute then. It's, it's kind of becoming an expectation now that we're going to regularly produce first-round draft picks in multiple sports. It's, uh, it's an incredible undertaking. And, and, then, and there was some great uh, ovations from the crowd uh, when they mentioned J.T. Ginn as the national freshman of the year from just down the road there in Rankin County. Big ovation for them. And then they put Jake Mangum's picture up, and before John could even say anything, they wanted the biggest ovations of the evening. And then they put up the picture of Dirty Noble Field and talked about how great that was. And, you know, I I don't know if there's anything that we're prouder of than that. That's the one thing. We've always said we can always kind of poke our chest out a little bit about college baseball. We can poke it out a little bit farther. We can kind of give you that look down at you and kind of give you that, that little grin. Because we know, and we know that you know, that we've got the best college baseball facility in America. And there's really not a lot that other people can do about it because the commitment that we have made financially uh, is something most people are just not going to be able to do, just not going to be able to do it. And one of the things that Lamona said last night that I thought was outstanding, he goes, it's one thing to get it built. It's another thing to get it filled. And that's what we've done. We built it, and then we filled it. Now, of course, there's some midweek games, and there were some early SEC schedules that uh, weekends that we didn't, we didn't do as much as we should we got some things we got to address with the berms, you know. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, we didn't just build a cathedral to house all of our trophies and pictures of our former players. We built this new place because we expect the, 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 the rest of Mississippi State baseball history to be the best of Mississippi State baseball history. You know, I don't think anybody will ever ask the question, who was Rafael Palmero? Who, who was Will Clark? I, I think those we, we will keep those legacies alive forever. But there are heroes that will champion that field who haven't even been born yet. And they will come here and play baseball at Mississippi State because of the commitment that this generation made to college baseball. It's an incredible deal. And so each coach went around. They had an opportunity to kind of, you know, talk about their teams and their programs and and then you begin to kind of look at the resumes of these folks and you begin to think, you know, we we've never had it this good. We have absolutely never had it this good. And I don't know how long all this is going to last. I mean, I mean I'm I'm a realist. I understand that it can't last forever. But I think when you have a university president, a former Mississippi Junior College player, a guy that loves athletics as your president, a guy that gets it, a guy that if it wouldn't, if it wouldn't be considered undignified, he would sit there with, the, uh, you know, with the students at Humphrey Coliseum and turn his back on the opponent and put his newspaper up or whatever. That's that. That's the mentality you have as a university. Now, no, no coach, uh, Dr. Keenum's too classy to do that. But I know in his heart, he shares the same thing, the same disdain for opponents as our as our students do. Just too classy to go do it. And then you've got an athletic director that understands the Mississippi State story, a guy that has lived the Mississippi State story. And so th- they are vested in Mississippi State. They are vested in our athletic success. And Dr. Keenan will tell you that is a big part of our recruiting effort. It's a big part of our branding. Is the fact that we are competing for and winning conference championships and competing on a national level. You know, a lot of people talk about it. Mississippi State is about it. And it's one of the things that I go back and I remember and I can't remember who got the sound bite. I don't know if it was last year, Media Days or whatever, but it was that you know that ridiculous comment from Ralph Bjork that Mississippi State is more focused on winning state championships. And uh, if there that that is a that is a talking point that is so old missed that it absolutely hurts because Ole Miss wasn't winning the state championships. And Mississippi State was winning the state championships and winning SEC championships and competing for national championships when he said it. It is among the most absurd things ever uttered in the King's English in, in the history of our time. It is so unbelievably stupid. And so I'm one of those folks that uh, I, I expect... I expect to beat on miss every year and everything. Doesn't always work that way. But when we are beating on miss the way that we are and dominating the rivalry right now, we need to always be understand the importance of that game, but that you know, that can't be the be all end all. I know that when I was a kid it was Man, it's been a rough year, man, we just gotta beat on miss, you know. And I remember in those lean years in the 2000s, I'm thinking, if we just find a way to win the Egg Bowl, you know. And it wasn't that we were satisfied with that, it's just that was our only saving grace. You know, we might have been bad, but we were better than you guys, at least for that Saturday, you know. But I, I believe that we, we aspire to much greater things than that. And I am so glad that I'm alive to see this. Dr. Mark Keenum uh, made mention about our advancements at the Research University. He spoke at length about how, you know, Mississippi State is a top 10 agriculture research university. And that if you look at the research dollars that Mississippi State has generated, you know, Alabama and Auburn combined are almost there. You know, Mississippi State is a research university and a research giant. There is much to be proud of. He talked about how we are one of the world leaders in the research for unmanned aviation talked about supercomputers and talked about our computer science department and our engineering department. It's exciting to see Mississippi State having success on so many fronts, not just athletically but academically. There are many schools around our our area that are seeing decline in enrollment, where Mississippi State has had an increase in enrollment. We are seeing some athletic departments within our own conference cut their athletic budgets, where you see Mississippi State continuing to spend and build. We have heard many other people you know, talk about struggling to sell season tickets in football. I don't know the numbers this year, but Mississippi State took a step forward last year. Mississippi State built on the year before. And so while other people are making excuses, other people are talking about, well, you know, it's just so much easier to stay home, and it is, Mississippi State fans are still turning out because Mississippi State fans have taken ownership in these programs. I want to remind you, when you're in town taking ownership, Bulldog Burger Company is absolutely the way to go. Had dinner there with Brandon Walker early this week, my friend Brandon Walker, uh, who will soon be making the move uh, to New York, and uh, wanted to ensure that he had a great restaurant-quality hamburger before he left. And so we sat there and we visited, and I thought, you know, this is, this is such a great place to bring a friend in the evening you just sit down have a meal and you, you don't feel rushed there's not a lot of hustle and bustle in there you know it's a little different on game day okay but it's the summer and uh there are a lot of kids out there sitting out there enjoying the evening weather and, and enjoying a, uh, a cool beverage an adult beverage of, of sorts but uh i had somebody just uh just yesterday tell me hey steve i went to bulldog Burger company for the first time and uh, I had that, uh, that pimento and cheeseburger. And that's right. That's the pimentology. And, and he said, you know what? I'm going to be back. I had never been there before. And I'm going to be back. And that's a Starkville resident that said that, a Boneyard listener. So you need to go by and treat yourself to a great restaurant-quality hamburger. You won't be disappointed. Bulldog Burger Company is absolutely the standard setter in the Magnolia Steak when it comes to hamburgers. So I encourage you, go by. Enjoy that. Bulldog Burger Company, to place and start. where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. Now, let's move on to a little bit of an unpleasant business, and, I, and I'm going to be respectful, okay? So there was one sport that was not represented because uh, Coach Van Studeman was relieved of her duties uh, on yesterday. And uh, and here is the thing that, that I want to say about all of that. There's, there's several things that I want to say, but the first thing that I want to say is that we, we are unbelievably grateful to Van Studeman, Uh, for taking the job here at Mississippi State and, uh, you know, putting her best efforts into this thing. Uh, We have had uh, some incredible memories. We uh, we built a new stadium, and uh, we had the very difficult situation with the loss of Alex Wilcox, and uh, I thought Van's charm and character really shined through that very difficult situation. And... um, and so for all of those reasons, you know, we'll forever be grateful for Van Stideman for her contributions to Mississippi State uh, University. And I had some people say yesterday, well, you know, Steve was just softball. Well, you know, here's the thing about that. And there's a couple of things that I want to say about every bit of that is, you know, I remember a few years ago that uh, people would say the same thing about women's basketball. It is easy to withhold your emotional investment when we are not winning at something. And so here's one of the things that I think uh, that kind of worked against Van at Mississippi State. And and I I don't think it had a lot to do with Mississippi State because I believe you can win here at Mississippi State. But here are some of the factors. And I've talked to a couple people and done some thinking about this. But um, we built News Park out there, which is an incredible facility. And when they build you a stadium – you got to win and you got to win at a better frequency than you had before and when they build you a new stadium and they make a commitment to facilities you got to recruit and I think Tyler Bratton's done a great job uh, doing recruiting there and I think we're really just kind of beginning to to appreciate that the advancements we've made under Tyler Bratton recruiting at Mississippi State Uh, you know it's We got the most prolific one-two punch in in all of college softball, and I think that kind of plays into the factor as well. Is when you when you have a record-setting duo up there that uh, nobody in the SEC can get out consistently. So you have facilities, and then you like you've never had in, in program history, and then you are beginning to recruit talent that really you've never had. And so if it's not facilities and it's not talent, but it is the same or similar results, then you have to feel like it's coaching. And so some would say, well, you know, I mean, you know, these other SEC programs are so far ahead of us, you know, and and one could make the same claim about uh, women's basketball a couple years ago. They could have made it about football a decade or so ago. They're just so far ahead of us. But at some point, you got to start making some steps towards the top. you got to start making some, some steps on the pack. And, and I think that's really what led to a lot of this. Is that, you know, we have made the commitment as a university, and we have made the you know, commitment, you know, to, to make sure we've got staff so that they can recruit there, and you give them the tools that need to be successful. And, and, uh, and that's what happens. When they start doing things for you, you got to take things to another level. You can't maintain the status quo. And I don't expect Mississippi State to uh, to linger long. I understand some calls have already been made today, kind of doing some due diligence about some candidates. And there's already been, I understand, several candidates that have reached out once the news broke that uh, that Van was uh, was no longer going to be part of the program. And again, unbelievably respectful of Van. I think Van is an incredible person, absolutely incredible person. And again, appreciate her contributions to Mississippi State. But when you look at the recruiting piece and people say, well, you know, you just don't have a lot of tradition. Well, here's the deal with that. And, and I hate that it's always to be the barometer for us, but it is, especially when we're, when we're struggling. You know, Ole Miss had no softball tradition to speak of either. And uh, they go out, hired the, uh, the right person, and then 2018 Ole Miss wins the SEC softball tournament 2019, they went a regional, and if I'm not mistaken, where one went away from going to the Women's College World Series. And so, when when you've got a new stadium and you've got talent, and then your in state rival doesn't have those things, and, and not, I'm not, not throwing shade at Ole Miss, they don't have. The home run hitters that Mississippi State does. But by and large, I think we could all argue that they have more talent throughout the lineup, but you don't have those marquee-type players in the middle of the order. And now Ole Miss is upgrading their softball facility. And so you begin to look, okay, these guys are ahead of us now, and they don't have what we have from a facility standpoint, and they, they don't have, you know, the most prolific home run hitting duo in the country and their lineup, but yet they're still producing greater results. Those are the things that get you fired. It's as simple as that. Those are the things that get you fired. Now Ole Miss is doubling down. They've extended um, their coach, and they're going to add some facility enhancements. And so then you begin to look, okay, we're already near the bottom of the conference annually, and then our in-state rival is now about to widen the gap on us. And fast-pitch softball is still a relatively new sport in the state of Mississippi. And so we're still kind of building a recruiting footprint. But let's be honest. Unless you grew up a fan of Mississippi State, let's say you grow up as an unbiased observer between State and Ole Miss, and you were given the opportunity to play softball at Mississippi State or Ole Miss, which one would you choose? You're going to pick Ole Miss. You're going to pick Ole Miss because of the fact they've had more recent success and the, and the recruiting pitch is, you know what, you can go be part of a rebuilding process in Mississippi State or you can come here because we're one player away from competing for a national championship. That dog will hunt. And so when you begin to look at things, you know, you back up here and you look at it, you know, you know, from a sky-high view, people say, well, why do we make this move? I think the question is, I think the better question is, why wouldn't we make this move? Uh, so, again, wish Van Suderman the absolute best. She gave us eight years. And, uh, you know, I, I, and that's another thing, too, when you look at it, I, I think the closest year that we were to 500 in her tenure was her first year. And uh, we've just been kind of meandering along. And I, I just, you know, one of the things that I, that I refuse to listen to is uh, this talk about, well, we, we, we can't win. Well, we can't get kids to Mississippi because we're doing it in other sports. You know, we don't have a Dippin' Dots here in Starkville, and and, I, and I'd rather have the churn and spoon anyway. But I also understand Starkville's not for everybody. But, you know, Chris Lamonis, Andy Canizarro John Cohen they were able to get kids to Mississippi State even though that, you know, we didn't have a Sabaro here. You know, we didn't have a video arcade for them to go to. You know, they had to drive to Tupelo, I guess, to, to do the skill crane, you know. I don't remember Vig Schaefer saying that, you know what, we you know, we, our ladies don't have a good place to get their nails done. I'm sure they do, because I've got girls in my house that every time I every time I turn around, they've got new nails. But uh, my point in that being is that there there are excuses, and then there are results. And I have found that generally the people that don't get results are the ones that offer excuses. You know, Vic Schaefer comes to Mississippi State, and um, and and Coach Sharon Fanning Otis, a, a a finer person you will not find. You know, we had been to the Sweet 16 once, but we had real, really, and again, all due respect to all the predecessors, we had no basketball tradition to speak of on the women's side. Yeah, we had a good run with Tan White and Latoya Thomas, but we had not had any sustains because, in, in, in fact, there was a stretch that We were the, we the losingest program in the Southeastern Conference. And you look at where we are now, and John Cohen kind of reflected on some of those things too. You know, he said, you know, if he could go back in time and talk to his college baseball teammates in 1989 and say, hey, guys, listen, in 30 years, you're not going to believe this, but we're going to be a national power in women's basketball. We're going to be a national power in women's basketball. You know, in 1989, the Mississippi State women's basketball team had never been to the NCAA tournament. That's still a relatively new event. Mississippi State had been to the postseason one time. In women's basketball. And that was in 1988. We went to the third round of the women's in IT. Went one and two. Got bounced out of the tournament. Guys, we didn't go back to the postseason until 1998. And so I say that to say this is that a lot of times it is simply about finding the right person to champion your program. We did that in women's basketball. I believe we've done that in baseball. And we've had some good coaches over the years in baseball. I'm not I'm not, I'm not discounting any of that. And a lot of people will say the, the, the big question now is, well, Steve, what about Jim Moorhead? My answer to that question is, yes, we have the right guy to run the Mississippi State football program. And the more time that I spend around Jim Moorhead uh, in press conferences and, and just kind of see how he interacts with people, I can see why he is – a good recruiter. I can understand why people trust him with their children. He just has a very engaging personality and and, and I'll, I'll share this with you. I wrote this today because Joe shared it last night. Joe and Joe and I both huge Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I have never been to a game. I've never been to Pittsburgh. Joe grew up there, big Steelers fan. You know when in the 1970s when I was very very young before I even knew what college football was. There were, there were basically only two teams that you kept up with in the NFL. You're either the Dallas Cowboys or the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so uh, Pittsburgh was was the regularly beating Dallas. And so I became a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and I've been a Steelers fan my entire life. We can spit down and crawl and fight about the Pittsburgh Steelers if you want to. But Joe was at Blair Batson yesterday with the team, with some of the team. And uh, Joe was playing some Connect Four, and there was a kid that got the better of him. And come to find out, the kid's a huge Baltimore Ravens fan. I don't know if you know this, but uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens, are AFC North rivals. We don't think much of each other. And so after the kid beat Joe in Connect Four a couple times, Joe got John Harbaugh on the phone, the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, and he let the kid talk to John Harbaugh. That's one of those things, too, that, uh, you know, Joe didn't make a big deal about it, and Joe didn't even mention the Connect Four thing. I had I had an inside tip that uh, Joe had done some incredible things at the hospital. And Joe's not doing that to get on television. Joe's not doing that to get his name in the paper. Joe's doing that because that's who Joe is. Jim Moorhead's a good man. Joe Moorhead is a great football mind. Joe Moorhead is going to football games in Mississippi State. I firmly believe that. sat there last night and heard him talk about things. Uh, and, again, he's very comfortable with all of it, you know, and uh, he kind of mentioned, you know, that you know, we've, we've got some expectations this year, you know, and, and we, th- we think we're going to put a good team on the field. I joked with him a little bit last night that with, with all of the rest of the media and Hoover – I said, hey, Joe, let's break some news tonight. Why don't you go ahead and name your starting quarterback? And, of course, he he laughed that off. Uh, And that's going to be the conversation today. Who's going to be your quarterback? And, and listen, a lot of the questions today are are, are not – you're not going to learn much today about Mississippi State. You're you're just not. There's not a lot of burning issues that you're unaware of when it comes to Mississippi State football. But being around Joe, I, I get it. And there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about, and I, and I was kind of hesitant to talk about. It. I had a couple of people mention it to me last night, and I, I just want to address this because there has been uh, there's been a, you know there's a couple of bitter people in the old Miss media that um, you know have have really struggled at times to kind of come to grips and their, their search for relevance, you knows no bounds. But uh, I understand that uh, Neil McCready made a couple of comments about the uh, the chalk talk that Joe Moore had had with uh with the media and there's a couple of things that I want to I want to explain about that just because I don't want any of you guys to have any misconceptions of what took place. I don't really care what they think, but I do care what you think. And so it's not like Joe had us over at his house for a ping pong tournament. We didn't all put our sleeping bags together and go lay on Joe's floor and and watch Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. We didn't go get chummy with Joe and just get together and have a gleeful good time. That wasn't the case at all. Joe wasn't celebrating the media. What happened is, the genesis of all of this, is basically they showed a lot of us the same stuff they showed when they had the women's clinic and when they have you know kids come in, they explain these things. And so Joe wanted to kind of pull the curtain back a little bit and allow us to kind of understand some of the terminology, some of the concepts, some of the things he wants to get established on offense. It was educational. It was not fraternal. It was not a situation where Joe, you know, is sitting here trying to curry favor with the media because he needs some friends in the media. I, I will tell you from the, the first day that Joe Moorhead got here, he has been incredibly accommodating to the media he has reached out at times because he wants to understand the culture here. You know, and, and Joe has his own way of doing things, but sometimes he's reached out and said, Hey, hey guys, are you getting what you need? Okay, do we need to do a little more of this? You know. And there have been other times when he's you know, he said, Hey, listen, this is how we're gonna do it. This is how I want to do it. This is how I've always done it. You know, we've tried some different things and, and this is what I think works for us. And you know what? We cover Mississippi State on Mississippi State's terms. And so for somebody else who absolutely botched the story of their career that sat there and knelt down on their hands and knees at the altar of freeze, and accepted whatever was offered without much question to question the integrity of the Mississippi State media about an event they know absolutely nothing about. And I understand some very negative things were said about Tyler Horka. Tyler Horka wasn't even there. And just so you guys know, and this is not me trying to be critical of my members of the beat because I, I, I'm, I'm friendly with everybody. I don't consider everybody a friend because we don't hang out and play poker or whatever. We don't go to each other's houses and that sort of stuff. But that being said, Tyler Horka wasn't there. He was on vacation with his family, Logan Lowry, a much-deserved vacation. I don't, I don't know that anybody covers anything more than Logan, and, that, and that's to be fair. Okay, Logan doesn't have the help that a lot of us have. So he's got to cover the women's game, the men's game, basketball, baseball. Well, anything that goes on, Logan has to cover it. And so he had taken some time for himself, and this thing kind of popped up, and he missed it. Brett Hudson. You know, Brett had taken a vacation. Brett, I know, very popular with some people. You know, Brett was a guy that was a beat writer for us and then has found a spot with Matt Wyatt. And so – and Brett wasn't there. So it wasn't the whole group, but they were all invited. It just so happens the way that the schedule kind of worked out – Those guys weren't there. And so Brad Locke, former Mississippi State beat writer Brad Locke, and it seems like it's been forever and a day since Brad was on the beat. You know, Brad works at the Daily Journal, so he comes over to cover this event because the Daily Journal and John Pitts, who was the sports editor there, clearly they felt this was worthy of coverage. So they came and covered it. So you think Jim Moorhead's trying to make friends with Brad Locke? I mean, and that's not a slight at Brad, but Brad's not going to be on the beat. Brad's not going to be writing stories about Mississippi State, with rare exception. Brad's just a news guy that came to cover a story. You had the TV cameras come. You know, the you know, the Clarion Ledger came. You know, And, and all, all this stuff is just so unbelievably silly, absolutely silly, for this to even be an issue. And, uh, and so I, I usually don't address this sort of stuff. But I just wanted to make sure that, that the record was set straight here. You know, I enjoyed going because I enjoy football. And any time that I can learn something about football to make me a little more educated as a, uh, as a journalist, I'm going to take advantage of that opportunity. And again, it's not like we went over to Joe Moorhead's house and went swimming. We met in the Mississippi State football meeting room, and we were able to watch some film. I don't know a college football journalist in the country worth their salt that would not want to sit down with a sitting college football coach and watch some film and see things through their eyes. It's not like we got gifts. You know, it's not like they sat us down and said, hey, listen, Steve, we want to thank you for all your contributions and all your coverage. So here is a here's a brand new cowbell with your name on it. It's not like that happened. I mean, it it, it wasn't like Cub Scouts meetings, guys. I mean, it's so stupid. It's so unbelievably stupid. You know, I, and here's the thing, and I'll share this with you. You know, I I don't know what access Matt Luke has given to old Miss media, and I don't care. It does not occupy one second of my mind wondering about. Hey, I wonder how they're doing things over there, because I don't work up there. I have no aspirations of working up there. I have no desire to work there. I don't care what goes on with them. Zero. It it, it it's not a part of anything that I'm concerned about, in, in any way whatsoever. I don't care what they do. I don't I don't care if they ever got interviews. You know, if Matt Luke decided, you know what, we're just, we're going to go close bunker this year. We're not going to let any players or coaches interviewed. Who cares? That that's not mine to worry about. But I do know this. I do know that, uh, you know, here on the Mississippi State side of things, that uh, we have been the dominant website throughout my career. And uh, have dominated the market, and now that we have uh, merged with uh, with Robbie and Paul, we're, I, I I don't know that anybody would really want to get into the Mississippi State business right now, because I with what we have been able to put together, I just don't know how anybody else would compete. Now and I understand, you know, you know, for others, you know, the Neil McCruthies of the world, you know, they're the RC Cola in their market, and the only reason they moved up on the shelf is because Coke and Pepsi merged. And so that couldn't be me, fam, as the kids say. You know, I just, you know, I understand that uh, some people out there just, you know, they struggle to be relevant in their own market, and this is their way to do it. And so, in order to get some attention, in order to get some clicks or some listens, and and, and trust me, I'm I'm happy that uh, when comments are made about us, that 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 gets more hits because it just goes to show that without us, you're just not really relevant. And so. That rant lasted a little longer than I expected it to. But, guys, please, I I absolutely do not care. And let me, again, let me be abundantly clear here. The dirt on the bottom of my shoes means more to me than the opinion of people like that. It is absolutely, no, you don't have to come up and say, hey, Steve, did you hear this? Because let me tell you, chances are I haven't heard it. I might have had somebody mention it to me, but I don't go listen to that stuff because life is too short and death is too certain to waste on nonsense. And so again, the dirt on the bottom of my shoes, more valuable to me, more important to me than the opinions of people who I have no relationship with, no desire to have a relationship with, no need to be friends with them. I am not one of these kind of people that feels like that I need the whole world to like me. I absolutely don't care about any of that stuff. I am not going to pretend to be somebody that I'm not in order to get somebody that I don't like to like me. I don't need that external validation. I don't need the approval. I don't need anybody to come and say, hey, you know, I really like Steve. He's a good Mississippi State guy. You know what? You know who's opinion matters to me about that sort of thing is you guys the Mississippi State people and you know what even within the Mississippi State family we're never all going to agree we all want the same things and that's the win but we're going to have disagreements we're going to think we should take this kid over that kid or we're going to think we should fire this coach or hire that coach I mean, we're not all going to agree but we all want the same things and that's for Mississippi State to win and so again it's important to kind of understand what matters most and uh, it's like the little meme that goes around, you know, that it's all—it's almost cliched now that a lion doesn't worry about the opinions of sheep. And and I, that's the thing I think to myself when I look at what I have accomplished in my life and I'm very proud of my life I would not trade it for anybody else's. Well, that's not true. That, that's not true. I'd love to be a rock star. That, that, that would have been great. But, but all that being said, I'm very happy doing what I do. I, I, will, I'm, I have no aspirations to go cover the, the L.A. Lakers, the Miami Heat, or the Dallas Cowboys. This is it for me. This is what I've wanted to do. This was the destination job for me. Now, for some other people, they shot for something else and failed, and this is where they landed. This is what I've always aspired to do. I'm happy doing this. I'm happy writing books. I'm happy covering Mississippi State. I cannot wait for Stark Villains to come out, and it looks like it's going to be September. I wanted it before then, but the reality is that's just, you know, I don't know that part of the business, but I do know this is that I have been very happy to write that book, and, and, and I'm going to continue to tell our story, much to the chagrin of other people. I'm going to continue to tell the Mississippi State story. i got another book to write next year, then we'll come back and we'll write some more stuff at Mississippi State, and I don't, I don't know what the future holds and all that, but, I, but I, I will tell you, writing Stark Villains and the fun I had and the joy that it brought to my life to, to help tell the Mississippi State story was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. And uh, and so if that makes me a homer, if that makes me unpopular with other people in the profession, so be it. I absolutely do not care about any of that, and you should neither. You should neither. But let's move on from that. I, I'm not going to address it again. So save your tweets. You know, save your comments. Whatever. You know, I, I just I just don't need it. You know, I, I just absolutely don't need it. I, I'm I'm so much more emotionally invested in more fruitful pursuits. Than getting into some, you know, back and forth. i just, but I just wanted to address it. Just because I think it's so unbelievably immature, and I don't know who anointed Neil McCready as, uh, you know, as the the judge and jury on uh, objective journalism in the state of Mississippi. You know, he took some unwarranted shots at Riley Blevins when Riley Blevins was the only, the only reporter on the old Miss B trying to get down to the truth, and that's the reality of it. Okay. And so Neil goes at Riley. And so now he's, you know, going at Tyler Horka. And, and I can tell you, Tyler doesn't care. But, uh, but again, it's just unimportant. I and mean, it's, just, it's just not even worth our time anymore. So, again, not going to discuss it. We'll be back on Friday, and we're going to take a look, kind of look at some, in hindsight, kind of wrap up SEC media day, some kind of look ahead. You know, guys, we're about two weeks away from the beginning of fall camp. And uh, that's what you've been waiting for. And it's so great, too. I mentioned top of the show how much fun it is because the state is doing so well in so many areas. We just don't have a lot of downtime anymore. We had the elongated baseball season that went, you know, into June, and now we're just kind of taking a breath right now. And we're going to be right back into fall camp. It's SC media days. And so it's a great time to be a Mississippi State fan. And I hope that you take some time to appreciate this because it hadn't always been this way and it won't always be this way in the future. We need to appreciate what we have while we have it. And I look forward to seeing you guys at or around campus and um, in the coming months. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine